Welcome to another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. Welcome into the show. Happy Tuesday. We thank you for joining us, especially those in the call-in app where I'm sure the chat will be going off today per usual. Welcome into the show, Big Country. A lot of NFL news today. Maybe we'll finally get into some NBA playoffs and one of my favorite segments that we do, Tell the Truth Tuesday, which, by the way, we do have a listener submitted, Tell the Truth Tuesday. Ooh. I love when the people do that. The DMs are up. Slide in there. Let us know if you have one. We've got one later today. Um, let's start with that NFL news, though. Last night, um, yesterday afternoon, DeAndre Hopkins, Arizona Cardinals star receiver, gets suspended for six games uh, I saw a lot of people, I think it was Dan Orlovsky, it's like you have to tune in to NFL Live now. Massive news. I think this is big news. It's not like we're going to forget about it in two days. Yeah, and we this kind of broke right before we did radio yesterday. It was kind of one of those deals where we were talking about it then. I was like, you know, maybe it's just because we're Chiefs fans, we're really not you know, that interested in what the Cardinals going on or just don't believe in it. But at the same time, it was like, We've kind of gone through the whole evening and into the morning of today, and it's still just kind of one of those deals. Just like, okay, yep, he got popped for you know using drugs or supplements that he's not allowed to. That's it. Six games. See you later. Sorry about you. It doesn't yeah. feel like it is that big of breaking news. It's just no. It's like this happens in the NFL. Forward. Guys yeah. get popped for PEDs, and I tell you, I haven't looked to see his statement. I know he put one out. I can tell you what it says. He didn't know what he was putting in his body. It's a stupid mistake. It'll never happen again. Yep. See you all week seven. Yeah, he did have a good point in his statement, though. He's like, I've been in the league 10 years, and it, this is never something that, like, has happened. He's like, I've always been aware of it. Me and my – I think it was his trainer or something put out that they're going to go through everything that he's been taking and have it tested because they don't know what could have been taken or what was done for him to test positive for this. Well, there has to – you're telling me there wasn't anything that you took, and you're like, eh, if I get caught, I get caught. Ha-ha. Well, what was it he – he didn't test positive in October. Mm-hmm. Tested positive in November. Didn't test positive in December. What'd you do differently in November? Yeah. I would think that if I were a, um, training a professional athlete, I would probably have like at least a Google Sheet spreadsheet of this is what we're taking. This is what we did different. Yeah. So it's either bullshit lie, which that's probably it, or... A false test, like I don't. But I, I thought I saw that he wasn't even going to appeal it. Did I read that right? I really like. I'm not super interested in this story. I'm just like, whatever. It happens. I think it is also crazy though to just even compare across sports. Anytime like a baseball player gets popped for PEDs, it's a huge story. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine what's the NFL equi- equivalent of DeAndre Hopkins in baseball? Ooh. Giancarlo Stanton. That's what it is. Can you imagine if he got popped for steroids? Like, first-time offense. Like, oh, I've been in the league for 10 years. I've never had this happen before. Mm-hmm. It would be in the news circuit for a week. Everybody, yeah. like, Hall of Fame status, potentially, gone. 
done for. He'd be suspended for like 60 games, and his whole legacy would be tarnished. When it happens in the NFL, we're like, ah, six weeks. See you later. Yeah. You come back, you're still a great receiver. Still going to regard you as a top 10 receiver in the league. It's just weird that that narrative is so different across sports. If it happened in basketball, no one would give a shit. They probably wouldn't even suspend anyone. Just be like, and it is what it is. Is it because in baseball there was a whole era of it where like everybody did it, and so mm-hmm. like baseball had to come down hard on it? But football, it's like, yeah, you're gonna have probably one guy on every team who's just a big meathead idiot that's just taking shit so he can hit harder. Yeah. And the NFL does a really good job of their testing stuff. Mm-hmm. They always have, and so that is you know part of it is that Major League Baseball had a problem to where they weren't testing and they were okay with so many different things. Going on, whereas the NFL has always been like probably pretty aware that steroids are, were a problem, mm-hmm. and they've always tested these guys. But it is—it's just—it's kind of odd to compare the two, to where one is such a big deal, and the other—it's just like, yeah, yeah, you did it, six games. Like nobody's talking about DeAndre Hopkins' legacy and what this means for it. He's still going to be, I assume, a Hall of Fame receiver. I don't know how his numbers even stack up. Some of the other guys, but he's been so good over his career that I would just assume. Yeah. Regardless, his Hall of Fame status is not going to be ruined based off of one suspension. I can't think of any other NFL player that was like, oh, you can't be in the Hall of Fame now because. You I mean, what's the point of him time. even trying to do that now, though? Like, is it just to, to be faster? He's, it doesn't ever seem like he's ever really been the strong type. I mean, he's well, got, you know, he'll jump up high and be physical going to get the ball. But, like, outside of that, it's... A lot of times it's injury recovery. It helps your body recover more quickly. Like, even with guys like Barry Bonds, like, yeah, it made him bigger, stronger. Uh, but it was the being able to recover and take that day-to-day strain of Major League Baseball. And so, in the NFL, I, DeAndre Hopkins coming off of an injury last year. So yeah. I don't know that we can look at it and be like, oh, this is just a, a fluke little, <laughs> little thing. I'm just not, not going to like sweep it under the rug and be like, oh, it's probably an accident. These dudes know everything that goes in their body. Like The only accident that would happen is like you didn't double-check the list of stuff, which also really sucks for DeAndre Hopkins. He could just be like the innocent, like, I'm trusting my trainer. Get me back to health. Do what you can for me. You want me to take this supplement? I'll take it. And then, you know, there could be something in it that flags the NFL. Or, you know, this smoothie, this uh, protein shake, whatever it is. Then maybe, you know, I'll just, I would take it. If a trainer walked up to me and was like, hey, take this. It'll make you stronger, make you faster. I'm taking it without even thinking. Yeah, like 100%. Thank you. And that's, I mean, if I were paying a personal trainer, a lot of money to take care of my body. Yeah, you bet your ass. He comes up to me and he's like, hey, by the way, take this. It's going to help you. All right, cool. I trust that you've done uh, you know, your work. Now, I have his, <laughs> I have his games pulled up. Mm-hmm. He was hurt in November. Look at that. And then, oh, <laughs> got to come back. Got to come back. Not <laughs> in November. Yeah, so I, I, would, I would assume that probably you're firing that personal trainer or whoever was responsible, unless DeAndre Hopkins was in on it. And like, yeah, yeah. let's do this for a month. It's a Cardinals to help trainer me that's like, hey, sorry, bud, we're just trying to get you back. Like, yeah, I agreed on it. It's all right. They got me. Mm-hmm. Also, is every player being tested then, or was it just yeah, random so. there? I think they get randomly tested. I know they get randomly tested for marijuana. 
Or do they still? They shouldn't. That's fucking stupid. Uh, too. I don't think they are. Or if they, they can't be punished for it anymore. I don't think. So like, I don't think it's kind of one of those deals where it's like, okay, decriminalized. You've been weed. Yeah, is that it? It shouldn't be a problem. I don't think it's as as big of a deal in the NFL anymore as it used to be. No. Like one thing I, I realized kind of over the last three or four years that players in the NBA do it all the time. Do what all the time? Smoke. Like they're very smoke like the weed. They do the weed. Yep. They are on the weed, and it like hasn't ever been an issue in the NBA. NFL though, whew, you better look out. There are a lot of players before who have said they they play high. Like I think it was yeah. Rookie Williams. Like oh, I get high before every game. Yep. I mean, we've heard Matt Barnes talk about it, the basketball player. Uh huh. I can't imagine doing years. that. I can't. I've never like. I remember being in middle school and there were some kids that were potheads. They're like, "Yo, dude, we freaking smoked last night and then tried to the weights, almost killed ourselves." That was literally how they talked. <laughs> I they swear didn't. to swear <laughs> to God, that was it. It was like, dude, I almost died last night. Uh-huh. And fucking, you're in first hour English class. This kid just blaze up out of his mind still. I, like, yeah, I can't imagine trying to. play It was a just sport. like God. how in the world, like, and so since then, now every time someone's like, "Oh, you know, I play, you know, I get high and then go play football." It's like, man, new kid in middle school almost freaking died trying to do that shit, just working out, and you're over here balling it up. I guess that's just the difference. Now, these kids were also just, like, super scrawny and skateboarders, so it's whatever. Maybe they had to play into it as well, where it's like, yo, I've never lifted weights a day in my life. Let's see if I can do 225 now that I'm high. Right. Death. <laughs> yeah. I don't – I just – I can't imagine it would help me be a better athlete. But there are so many good athletes that do it. Maybe they're getting a different strain than what I am. But I've just never I – I guess the next time I get high, I get to run the 40 or something. That's a lie. No, no, it won't happen. Yeah. I, I feel like with that, like you wouldn't be able to – I don't know. I don't feel like you have as much control over your body. Like, yeah, it's not going to hurt or whatnot. But at the same time, like running, like if you miss step or something, like are you going to be misguided within that? Does that make sense? No. Like if you're high <laughs> – I guess I don't know how to explain. Are you going to overstep or not like take far enough of a step and you like run overstride? and yourself? Yeah. And like buckle your knee or you know what I mean? Well, I, I was thinking maybe or... that like it would even help with like in the NFL. Like, all right, you're taking hits. They probably don't hurt as bad. But at the same time, I remember going with a buddy to get a tattoo. And he was like, I'm super high right now. Like, I don't want to feel any of it. And the tattoo artist, maybe it was a lie. Maybe he was fucking with him. It was even like, well, actually, when you get high, you're going to feel all of it mm-hmm. now <laughs> and uh, i'll tell you that dude he, he panicked we all we all panicked a little bit for him even it's like oh shit that was his first tattoo and then he got high before then and then the tattoo artist like could obviously smell the weed <laughs> it was like which one 20 y'all did it <laughs> and we knew he's like you're gonna feel all of it now like it's not a good idea i'm still gonna tattoo you which i don't even know if that's legal uh, still did it, and he felt he felt most of it. It was not a pleasurable experience, Yikes. which they never are. Some people are like, I love getting tattoos. Yeah, it doesn't feel good, though. Yeah, you like it when you're done and you see it, like, oh, dude, that's there forever. Mm-hmm. It's not a miserable experience, but I'm never like, man, I would just like to feel that again. Please get closer to my armpit where I almost cry, but I don't know. Well, with this DeAndre Hopkins thing, I'm just reading the tea leaves here. He got hurt in November. He got popped for PEDs in November. Somebody knew what was going on. This wasn't an accidental, oh, we didn't read the label on what we were taking. Somebody knew. It might not have been DeAndre Hopkins. Somebody knew 
what was going on. And honestly, I just I don't even really care. Yeah. Like I'm not like, oh, we have to tarnish his legacy. It's whatever. You were injured, you tried to come back. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Um speaking of games winning and losing, did you see the Hugh Jackson stuff to where the NFL investigated and they said they found no substantial evidence that he was paid to tank. You're just bad, Hugh Jackson. <laughs> He's one of the least likable play- people in football. He's, I don't even know if he's in the NFL anymore. I think he's probably coaching an XFL league or something. But I mean, he just always, like, he came out a couple of years ago and was like, I really wanted Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. I don't remember which mm-hmm. one. He's like, I was pounding the table for those guys. No, you didn't. You drafted Deshaun Kaiser in the second round or whatever. Like, stop it. And now with the, you know, Brian Flores stuff, he has to come out and be like, oh, yeah, I was paid to tank too. No, you're just a shitty coach and probably a shitty human being too. I I hate Hugh Jackson. He has a very punchable face. Mm-hmm. And then he just he has to put himself in every situation. Yeah, just don't forget about me. Hey, mm-hmm. I was also And it's never his fault either. God, I remember was it hard knocks watching him and yes. him being like, You you've never sat in this chair. You've never been where I am. I have to make those decisions. You should have listened to your fucking coordinators because they knew what they were talking about. Yeah. Even and he Todd, got Haley. Todd Haley fired, yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. And it was it was one of those deals where like, hey, when you when you're sitting in a chair right here, then you can make those type of decisions. But right now, this is what we're gonna do. And I'm yeah. like, dude, like what the? And I don't even think it was on something that was that big of a deal. And it was just like, that's your reaction to that, right? It's like, oh, you got to just freaking big dick your way to that decision. Great job, coach. Yeah, he's now just the head the coach, ego, or he's now the coach at Grambling State. Oh my gosh, that's right. That's terrible. They should fire him. I don't know where that is. It's an HBCU. I think in Louisiana, like a historically great one too. Like that's a, that's such. Oh a man, and you hired Hugh, <laughs> right? Didn't he try to hire Art Bryles too? Uh, one, I, he's white. Is that a thing that we do at HBCUs? Because it feels like it shouldn't be. Uh, and two, Art Bryles, an even bigger piece of shit than Hugh Jackson. Oh, Art Bryles, yeah, garbage. That man should be in prison. Not any sideline. He should be in prison. He covered up rape allegations for players at Baylor. He's a he is a, a shitty person. There are a lot of shitty players in, in football, though. Yeah. But with the Hugh Jackson stuff, I do think it's funny that they investigated it, and obviously there are no substantial claims. Did However, you hear what? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. They didn't mention anything about the Dolphins. <laughs> nope. Yeah, they're a little, uh, the NFL was quick here. Jimmy Haslam goes, you know, we appreciate the independent investigation led by Mary Jo White and the DeBosi uh, team, which brings closure to these allegations that Hugh Jackson publicly recanted shortly after they were made, and we've known all along, all along that they are categorically false. The Brown Sutton statement, as we previously stated, we welcome the investigation because the integrity of our game is something that should not be taken lightly. So they pretty yeah. much are just like, yeah, we cannot wait to just roast this yeah, guy try in front of everybody. Come <laughs> exactly. investigate us. Yeah, yeah. Come welcome you. Open the door for you. Here's yeah. all our books. Here's everything that you need to know about There's the that Cleveland chair Browns. that you sat in and lost, you know, like a shit ton of fucking games in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we can actually confirm after the investigation, Hugh Jackson. Maybe one of the worst coaches in NFL history. <laughs> I felt bad for him when he got fired, and then he was like, yeah, I'm going to go to, uh, who was it, the Bengals? Cincinnati, yeah. Yeah, and everybody was like, how dare he? How could he? And I was like, whatever. He, guy's getting paid. Like, let him work. 
Yeah, you just you got paid millions to be fired, to no longer be the coach. And your mm-hmm. mindset, like your first thing to do is like, oh, I'm going to go be a coaching consultant for the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, fuck you. I like I don't blame Baker for being upset with that. I was kind of on his side with it too. It like, yeah, you're I get leave that Leave us part. high and dry, mm-hmm. and yeah. go help another team within our division. L O L. A couple other moves that happened. Uh, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Uh, Tyron Matthew signing with the Saints. It's a three-year, thirty-three million dollar deal. Whoa, that, that's about two more years than I thought would happen. The eleven yeah. million per—that's a—that's uh, about what I thought he would get. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of surprised that he did get the double digits. I thought it would be anywhere between nine and eleven. Um, he gets the top end of that, but he also gets three years. Not gonna lie, I was surprised to see that one. I was too, and the fact that I think we look at it and you know, see that he's getting eleven million guaranteed. I think eighteen million is guaranteed within the contract. I think it goes to show that Kansas City could have afforded that. They could have paid him if they wanted to. They paid more for Justin Reed and what they did in the draft. It goes to show, like, hey, yeah, we were willing to move on. From Tyron Matthew. We'd seen enough. That was it. Yeah. It, I guess good for him. Uh, I like the fit there. We kind of talked about that one uh, yesterday. Also, uh, yesterday afternoon, the Chiefs traded for um, Lonnie Johnson from the Houston Texans. I like this move for the Chiefs. This is a former uh, second-round pick. I think some teams maybe even probably had a first-round grade mm-hmm. on him. But this is something that the Chiefs – like to do uh, if they get news that like a player potentially going to get cut or something like this where there's some potential there they'll pick him up and I think that was probably the case yeah a 2024 conditional seventh round pick they were about to cut him and then decided yeah let's actually let's make some phone calls but I, I like that, that they were about to cut him because he said that he came out and said I requested a trade he's like before anyone goes off on Twitter here when he's like I requested this oh really to Kansas City yeah and that's all he could get in return? I guess. <laughs> so maybe Houston was like, I mean, we're not even going to try. Like, you don't want to be here. We're trying to move <laughs> right. on ahead to another direction. Just get the fuck out Can of here. Can you the imagine the negotiation process, though, of like, hey, like, Lonnie wants to go to you. How about a 2023 seventh rounder? And the Chiefs are like, no. <laughs> no you need a 2024. <laughs> Actually, no. How about a 2024 conditional seventh rounder? I like yeah. to move. I don't know if he's going to be any good or not. But this is one of those just bet on a guy having potential. A DeAndre yeah. Baker, Mike Hughes, now Lonnie Johnson, and you get him for next to nothing. Yep. It's a cool move. And you get a one-year deal uh, where he's got one more uh, year remaining on his deal before he kind of you know is up for that next contract. But I think pretty much Houston's paying for all of it, and he's only worth like $1.3 million on the books for Kansas City this next season. So it kind of works out for them and Brett Veach perfectly. And I think, like, mm-hmm. as a Chiefs fan, you can just sit here and look at everything that happened through the end of February and in March, and just you see every other team in the AFC West just go at somebody, pick them up, and you're just like, what the fuck is Brett Veach and the Kansas City Chiefs doing? They have not done anything. In fact, we just traded away the best receiver they had. I shouldn't say we. They traded away the best receiver that they had on roster, entire kill. Gone. And then you get to the draft, and you're like, actually, son of a gun, he had a point, and it worked. And now they get you know another corner here, like you said, with – with the potential of some high upside, and it could work out well, and that's great. Him and Justin Reed seem to be excited to be playing together again. Uh, I think they have some type of a slogan that they use together, playing with one each other as a safety corner that's duo. Cool. So that's kind of cool. It's neat bringing it to Kansas City. But at the same time, I want to see it before I believe it. 
You know what I mean? I'm not going to sit here and try to get overly excited about it. It's nice. This mm-hmm. is a guy one of the Chiefs to draft well, in 2019. So you get him here yeah. for a seventh. We'll see how it plays out. And I am a Chiefs fan myself. This is typical Chiefs fans of getting overly excited about everyone that they yep. get. I mean, if the Houston Texans were willing to part with this dude for a conditional seventh-round pick, that should probably tell you a lot about who he is and what he is as a player. He had three interceptions last year. Like, that's cool. There were a lot of question marks surrounding this guy in the draft process. This, to me, this is like when everybody tried to make uh, Josh Gordon a thing. They're, like, super excited. To a different level because he's a little yeah. bit younger. He's 26. But I think a lot of people assume that Lonnie Johnson's going to come in and be a shutdown corner for the Kansas City Chiefs. I've seen a lot of Chiefs Twitter. I think he That's be, not the case. Yeah, I think he can be a physical corner. There was one thing where uh, he posted a, another tweet or something. I was like, Kansas City's going to get everything out of me. I'm coming in, ready to go. I want to win. I want to come. I wanted to come to a great organization. That's why I requested this. They're going to get everything out of me. It's like you hear that as a Chiefs fan. You're like, oh, that's super exciting. That's great. But it's also just like, why did you stop doing that? Yeah, where Houston was it before? <laughs> like you, were, you were playing in the NFL. Now, granted, uh-huh. Houston is not the same type of organization that Kansas City is. They have their flaws. People have clearly just not liked it there, and they're trying to rebuild that and change that. At the same time, it's kind of like concerning that and when he you are able in, to turn it on and off. In 2019, they had Deshaun Watson. They were good. Yeah. So that's where I'm like, yeah, let's pump the brakes, Kansas yep. City Chief fans, who might be the worst about getting excited about free agent signings. Who was they, I think I saw people excited about, like, Corey Coleman signing there. It's like, come on. He's, he is a camp body. He is not going to contribute yeah. at all on someone this Someone that the defense can hit. These young corners <laughs> that are coming in right. can just beat yeah. the shit out of and get their confidence up because he ain't going to catch shit in camp and be like, okay, hey. I can defend in the NFL. And then you're going to have, you know, a Juju just come over here and just moss the shit out of you, or Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. just break your ankles in a route, and you're going to go, ooh, where's that Corey Coleman at again? He was a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of rude, but points given. Mm-hmm. I also uh, – I was thinking about this this morning with name, image, likeness stuff. Um, Jordan Addison, the receiver who's at Pitt, is apparently in the – in the transfer portal, I don't, I don't even know if he's officially in the portal or not. But there's a lot of talk about him moving on. He was a Blitnikoff winner last year, uh, the award given to the nation's best receiver. Uh, he played last year with Pitt where he had Kenny Pickett. Uh, but now since then, obviously Kenny Pickett has moved on. He's also lost his offensive coordinator mm-hmm. and his receivers coach um, as well, I believe. So it, it's a little bit of a tough go at it there in Pitt. And it sounds like he's ready to transfer. It sounds like um, Southern Cal, USC, going to be able to and willing to pay him. And it sounds like he's going to get roughly $2.5 million. It's, it's kind of crazy how fast this transfer portal is, is ramping up. I can remember last year Nick Saban being like, I got a quarterback that's you know almost making seven figures. <laughs> Those are rookie numbers. <laughs> you need to bump those up, Nikki, uh-huh. because now you've got receivers um, that I think are asking, or at least those are some of the reports and rumors that, that he's asking for 2.5 to transfer. I get happy for him. I can't believe that we've gotten to that number so quickly. And then it got me thinking about Sam Howell, the quarterback at North Carolina. 
he's not even going to make a million dollars for the Commanders this year. And granted, yeah. it's the NFL. He gets a nice little four-year contract. That's cool. Imagine what he could have made in NIL money if he went back to North Carolina with that Jordan brand even. And, yeah. you know, some of the boosters that they have there, they're not a big powerhouse program, but there's money to be made there. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're you know, a state university like that or the main university in the state, you have the opportunity to make a shit ton of money. And if you're the quarterback of that college. Fourth-year returning quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's the same thing. Who do we talk about that quarterback from Georgia? Jake Fromm. You could have gone back one more year mm-hmm. and just been a god at Georgia. You kind of, you know, you're already highly recognizable. People know who you are. They like you. They appreciate you. Great freshman, sophomore season. Then after that, you just kind of just fell off. Right. Could have stayed there another year and just been the dude. Same thing with Sam Howe here. I think with this, it's something that I've wondered about, and I think a lot of other people have too, of will we see guys stay in school for an extra year? Uh, with a lot of these players, it's, okay, I'm going to go take my chance with the NFL now so I don't get hurt playing in college, mm-hmm. so I'm going to jump ship maybe a little bit early. I think we might see that change where guys say, oh, okay, I could be a third-round pick. I'm going to go back to school. Yep. Like, What's the NIL money look like if I go back to school? Um, okay, I can make a million dollars or I can make $750,000. I, I do think that we're going to start to see guys like that. Maybe not a Sam Howell. His situation is a little bit different. Uh, I think a lot of people got in his ear, maybe even some agents, and convinced some of these quarterbacks they were going to be first-rounders. Mm-hmm. They weren't. They're yeah, third-rounders. They're fifth-rounders, and that's tough. It's, it was a weird year for quarterbacks. So, Next year, buckle up. There are so many good quarterbacks. I think I'm, we could see six or seven drafted in the first round. Are they good, or is it just better than this year? I think there are six or seven quarterbacks that could have been QB1 in this class. Wow. Are they good? TBD. Yeah. But even guys like Phil Jerkovich, Tyler Van Dyke at Miami, they would have been QB1 in this class, I think. They're back in college now. Or, you know, even Tyler Van Dyke with Miami. He wasn't eligible to come out this year, but mm-hmm. I, I think I'm going to like him more than Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis. I really shouldn't even use Kenny Pickett because I don't like I don't like him. <laughs> no, no, no. So my I'm question sorry. here with Jordan Addison for you, if he's asking for $2.5 million, how many? like how much are some of these other guys that have transfer made? Like how much did mm-hmm. Quinn Ewers actually get paid? How much did Caleb Williams actually get paid to go from Oklahoma to USC? Yeah. Like that's uh, what it, makes me wonder this. Like you got a receiver asking for $2.5 million. Right. I, I think those quarterback dollars were probably around the same amount. I think that just goes to show – how quickly the number has changed, how much the market has changed on guys. I even saw a report a while back on The Athletic that was talking about some of these four or five-star receivers are asking for $2.5 million for three to four years as recruits, not as I've hit the what? transfer portal, as recruits. There's a rumored prospect, too, a quarterback prospect, uh, that has an $8 million contract. I think that is probably over three to four years. But still, I mean, we're seeing these numbers escalate very quickly to where I think Caleb Williams, you probably could have got him at USC. And it sounds like free agency. But I bet, I bet he's got a nice little $2 million, $1.5 million NIL deal just to transfer. And then he's going to you know, work on some other ones too. And the market at USC, 
it's going to be big. A lot of opportunities in Los Angeles to make some money. I don't hate it. It is wild, and it's crazy that the NCAA was just like, yeah, we're not going to do anything about it. Just let these guys go out and make their money, which is great. Free market, whatever. Do you think they would have put at least some something in there to be like, oh, okay, yeah. here's well, like a, a, almost a salary cap. Like this, is, We don't want to exceed this much for a team or this player. They've done nothing, though. Can you, though? Like, I mean, how do you right. get over the yeah. top now? Because you just opened it all up. I mean, every like, I will probably take the side of the NCAA on this one. It's like, okay, hey, this is what you guys have been asking for for freaking years. Mm-hmm. And we've been trying to, like, just no, no, like, just come in. Like, you're cheating. If you get caught in scandal, fuck it. It's whatever. Now it's like, okay, hey, if you want these guys, you better be able to fork up the money. Right. Because it's all public information. Yeah. And so my question with it, too, now is, though, is who's paying the $2.5 million? Yeah, is what it kind boosters? of people? Is it the team? Is it, you know, are you just be like, okay, no, we'll get you advertising money worth up to this. If you're good enough, you know what I mean, we'll get you make that money. Or is it like they get there and it's like, boom, $2.5 hit your bank account. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's I just sign a contract on and it. And then you got to think of how the fuck you paying, handling your taxes? <laughs> Being uh-huh. gifted $2.5 million. Yeah. And you almost have to do, I mean, you need to hire some kind of representation. Because oh, like I mean, who are you employed type. of? You you, you don't have any, you own business now. Yeah, ten ninety nine that motherfucker and pay your taxes. Oh. On it. Which hey, give me two point five mil. I'll gladly pay taxes on it. I don't That's, care. I mean, very much <laughs> same. You know, just I'm making a little under that here at Mike. Who do we need to talk to you about fucking transferring? <laughs> We're transferring two point five million. Like all right, hey. uh huh. I do think it's cool. I like it for the players. They should be able to get paid. They've been taken advantage of for a very long time. I do think the NCAA also needs to probably at least do something. I don't know what they can do, um, but they probably at least need to look at it and make it maybe a little bit more of a fair playing field for everyone. But at the same time, um, nobody complains when a, a coach at Alabama makes $10 million and the coach at South Alabama makes $100,000 or whatever. It's yeah. more than that, but you get what I'm saying. So it's it's always been um, the haves and the have-nots, always. Yeah. Now the players are just getting cut in on those deals from boosters. And I even if USC, what are they? I, there's a term for it, like a collective is what they're calling it, to where they'll get their boosters and be like, okay, here's how much money we have, and we'll take care of it for the school. We're not affiliated with the school, but we're like the boosters and. Mm-hmm. We'll deal out the money and figure it out. That's That feels a little bit scummy to me. Yeah. It feels like organized crime, like mafia type stuff. 100%. But and it's your what, money. That's what you want to spend it on. And what happens with these boosters when that money just doesn't come to fruition? Where this exactly. kid's not very good or the money changes who he is and he doesn't care anymore. He's mm-hmm. like, screw school. I got a million in the bank account for just transferring to come here. Yeah. And that's my theory, too, with uh, the New York Yankees all the time. People will be pissed off that teams like the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox can spend almost unlimited amounts of money. And then you have teams like the Rays and the Royals and the Pirates and all these small market teams. There's a lot of really bad contracts for the New York Yankees Mm -hmm. that they've signed over the years where it's like, God, I wish we could get rid of these guys. Or maybe the Yankees aren't as a great example because they're still pretty good. Um, but, you know, the Yankees are going to be like Alabama or some of these other big programs where they sign a contract and they're like, we're really overpaying for Caleb Williams. Like we thought we were getting a Heisman Trophy winner 
and now he's he's just pretty good. But we're stuck with this contract. That's going to suck because it's going to be hard to go back to those boosters and say, hey, we actually we need to get another quarterback in here or another receiver. Mm-hmm. And those boosters are going to look at that coach or that recruiting coordinator, whoever it is, and say, hey, I, I already gave you the money. Like You missed on this first guy. Why am I? Why am I coming back to you to do this again? It's going to put pressure on the programs to yeah. succeed. But there are also going to be a, a lot of teams that are like the New York Knicks. Knicks just dealing out contracts all the time. Guess what? They still fucking suck. <laughs> and honestly, that could be USC. Where they're like, okay, we're going to get this guy, that guy, and then we got our eye on this other one. And then those contracts just don't pan out. I mean, we're about to see how good of a coach Lincoln Riley really is. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like you're bringing in all these guys, especially I love, if you get like a Jordan Addison here, it's gonna be like, wow. I love watching OU Twitter. I still see a lot of it because obviously being a Texas fan, and it just kind of crosses over. Do they, they went from saying that Lincoln Riley was the greatest coach of all time to he's irrelevant. He doesn't even matter. Just the scum on the bottom of my shoes, man. <laughs> yeah. Screw that, Lincoln. Who we wanted Venables Riley. all along. What? <laughs> Yeah, it, it is crazy. We'll see what happens. I think that they'll probably end up being pretty successful there. I tend to lean with the Lincoln Riley is a good coach. Yeah. He's been pretty good. It uh, is going to be interesting to see what he does at USC this year because the Pac-12, I don't want to say it's open, but, I mean, you don't really have anybody to worry about. Like, Oregon's kind of restarting. Utah's reloading as well. They have some guys coming back, which is nice. Yeah. Outside of that, it's like, how about it? We'll see. If you listen to Colin Cowherd, USC going to win like a national championship. If they fucking make it Soon. to the playoffs this year, that's going to be insane. They they honestly might. If they don't, I think it is maybe a little bit of a disappointing season. Wouldn't there. it be amazing to see USC, Texas, Alabama, and Georgia make it to the college football playoff? Yeah. Boner alert. There are a lot of people predicting Texas to make the playoff this year. I think. Well, and it sounds crazy. I don't want to come off as like just a homer. The Big 12 is also wide open this year. Yeah, it's pretty down. So it's like, this is the year to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might make the playoff and not have a better team this year than they did last year. I, yeah. <laughs> and with Oklahoma, like, we'll see. I'm not a Brent Venables supporter either. Like, I I think he's actually pretty crazy. And Oklahoma fans seem to love I just can't him. trust a guy that has to have another grown man keep him off the field. <laughs> like, you preach discipline and, like, hard work and – Sticking to your assignment, and then you can't even keep your own self off the football field. Just I'm too excited. That's discipline. That's you know understanding your assignment, but you can't do it yourself. Like what a hypocrite! Does and Oklahoma. Always... I had that opinion before Oklahoma. Just yeah, you had on Sean McVay. Hated it at Clemson. It's it's stupid. I don't understand the get back coach. Well, I mean Sean McVay has to have one too, and you've given the same opinion there. So I'm. I can defend you. With Oklahoma, though, do they always sell out like their spring game? Is it always that big, or was this more of just kind of like a middle finger to like, yo, Lincoln Riley left us. We have to unite together as Oklahoma fans and support the new guy, plus Baker's getting a statue that doesn't yeah. look like Baker. Right. I th- They probably came pretty close to selling out. There are a lot of people that say that was fake, that they, yeah. they faked it. I don't know. OU has a huge fan base. I know that. I mean, we live close enough to them that we see it on a daily um, I think they're probably the most popular fan uh, team in our area, mm-hmm. even over Missouri or Arkansas. Um, so they probably did have a lot of fans show up for that one with a lot of support. But there are a lot of people that say that it wasn't 
It wasn't that full. It wasn't actually sold out. But they do. They have a, a new coach. They put up a trophy for their Heisman winner. And I'll tell you, come Saturdays in September, that stadium will definitely sell out. Oh, <laughs> no problem. Yeah. So a lot of people do like to shit on OU. I'm one of them most of the time. But I'm sure that if we looked at attendance for their spring games over the last five years, I'm sure that they're very popular. I'll guarantee they're top five for their spring game. It would not surprise me at all if they were number one. Like Alabama and Georgia, they're probably more like, yeah, we'll see you in the regular season. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if OU was actually selling out on that one. Um, but let's get to some of our great sponsors. Move on. Uh, Roper Kia. Hop in there, check out their inventory. If they don't have what you're looking for, they will help you find it. And if you mention us here at Mike Tough, they're going to give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Definitely take advantage of that for our our local, our regional listeners. Or maybe um, drive all the way down from Kansas City. Get yourself a new car at yeah. Roper Kia. $1,000 off. I think it's worth the drive. It definitely is. Plus, then you can swing in to 609 down to Luba. We're talking about later in the show. But next up, Gunspot. Make sure to visit them at Gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. One of the best parts about the site is there's no hidden fees when you go to checkout, so you don't even have to worry about it. Also, it's not a matter of if, it is a matter of when danger could arise. Make sure you put yourself in position to protect you and your family, and you can do that with Gunspot.com. Uh, let's get to the chat. Uh, the $8 million recruit yeah, I don't know how to say his name. Nico. Yeah. Nico Well. That's the one that is rumored to be the $8 million recruit. I don't know how to say his name yet. He's going to Tennessee. Is that uh, an L or an A? Or it's an, an I, I. Excuse me. It's an I. Um, I. I think this is really funny, too, because he's committed to Tennessee, who also just a couple of years ago got popped for like handing out McDonald's bags full of cash. <laughs> now, now that Tennessee can do this above the table, they might actually be a team to watch in the future, they could actually really? be pretty good. Yep, they've got a lot of money. They've got a big fan base, too. They've just been bad over the last couple of years, trying to make it right, trying to pay some guys under the table. Now maybe you can do that on top of the table. You <laughs> might start to feel pretty good if you're a Tennessee fan. You can go to Chick-fil-A and sit there and have dinner. Yeah. You know, McDonald's and not just be like, hey, here's a McDonald's bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can pay for this. I've got the money now. Um, also... Boosters are the reasons that uh, the USC job is so tough. I've heard the same about Texas. Uh, Texas, for sure. It's actually stupid, the politics that go on there. And obviously, over the last couple of years, they do not give you time to figure it out. <laughs> and that's why Mac Brown was so good there, because he could work the boosters. He could get anything he wanted, and he, re- he could recruit as yeah. well. And the problem was he couldn't develop players. If you got to Texas and you were really good, you stayed really good. But if you got to Texas and you needed some development, sorry about you, you're a miss. <laughs> and we just chalked it up to like, oh, this guy's not good. They, that staff could not develop players to save their lives. Like, even like guys like Vince Young, I don't think that he got any better throughout his career. His body just matured and he got more confident playing football. He was the same player as a redshirt freshman that he was as a redshirt junior. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I maybe like a little bit better. <laughs> I think eventually they looked at Vince Young and were like, hey, you know what would be really cool if we just ran the option with you? And that was the player development that you saw at Texas. But those boosters are really tough. Uh, 
Oregon still in good shape. I do think losing their head coach is going to be difficult. They're bringing in Dan Lanning from Georgia. We'll see. I I don't know about those guys that come as like a defensive coordinator from a big school. You've never ran a program before. Mm-hmm. You've never had to make the daily schedule, worry about recruiting, and all the ins and outs that come as a head coach. So guys like Dan Lanning that are coming from Georgia, Brent Venables coming from Clemson and going to these big programs, we'll see. I, I think it could be a really bad situation for them. I know there was a, a coordinator a couple years ago from Clemson. I can't even remember his name now. He was the OC, and he moved on to another job, and they're like, he's going to build up this program. He's going to be fantastic, and he sucked, and it, it wasn't any good. So I don't know. It, it's hard to tell. Sometimes these guys are going to be very good. Sometimes they're not, uh, but that's the exciting part about college football. How about some – NBA basketball. I started paying attention again on set, uh, Sunday, not Saturday. You've you've confused me now. You've been calling it Saturday all week. We did like a Sunday fun day. You keep calling it Saturday. I started watching NBA playoffs again on Sunday after the NFL draft, and I think it is going to be very exciting with some of these potential, not potential series, but some of them that are going on. Even just watching Golden State and Memphis go at it on Sunday, I think that can be a very exciting high-scoring series where you have guys like Ja Morant, Jordan Poole going yeah. off. I tell you, watching that game on Sunday, there were a couple situations late in the fourth quarter where I thought, okay, Clay Thompson's open. That's going to be a dagger three game over. And he missed. Yeah. Same thing happened with Steph Curry. So I was very surprised to see that. But even Memphis... John Morant had a good look at a last-second layup. missed it. I'm very excited to see that when they play again uh, tonight, actually. And then the Bucs and Celtics, two teams that I find myself rooting for in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, with with the uh, Memphis-Golden State game, it felt like Memphis was just hitting a ton of big shots early in the game. So it kind of kept them in it in the head for a little bit, and then Golden State just does what they do. So it's kind of one of those situations where it's like, can Memphis keep up that level of play? And if they can, it is going to be a very you know interesting back-and-forth type of uh, series, which is going to be great. And the Milwaukee-Boston, I think these guys are just going to kill each other this series. I think whoever comes out of this is going to be too exhausted heading into the next one, and they're going to lose. You're still a Heat fan? Yeah. It's good news for you. Yeah, it's worked out. I think you're right. Well. I think these two are going to battle it out, and it's going to be very tough. Uh, even their game the other night was pretty low-scoring. Mm-hmm. I, I I think you're probably right. It, it's going to be tough, though. Even last night, the 76ers against the Heat, Joel Embiid out with a concussion now. That's just He's got a broken face, dude. This dude is just taking one hell of a beating. I don't think it's going to get any better this series. The process. I, I think it's setting up pretty nicely for the Miami Heat, actually. <laughs> it is. And that's where it falls into what I just kind of said about the Bucks and Celtics here. Is that they're going to come in here and they're going to see Miami who's fresh and also has some phenomenal role players. I shouldn't say phenomenal. Some role players that have stepped up and played really, really well. For which team? The Heat? The Miami Heat. Got your uh, guy Tyler Hero coming off the bench. <laughs> yeah, better believe it. Dropping 25. I, we'll see what happens with this series. Joel Embiid going to be out game one and game two. Uh, 76ers didn't look too bad considering they're out their superstar. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the hell happened to James Harden. He's just not good anymore. He just, I, I don't know. It's like he just doesn't want to take over a game anymore. Like he got to Philly and was like, 
I don't think I'm going to score points anymore. Yeah, like, I think I'm just going to fucking chill, man. I'm tired of this. Uh-huh. Yeah, even last night I thought, like, okay, Embiid's out. We're going to see a old-school James Harden go off for, like, 30-35. Didn't. He was 5 of 13 shooting. I, I just don't know about that, dude. A lot of people shit on that trade and like, man, Ben Simmons didn't even play. You're getting not the same player from James Harden that you thought you were, though. Yeah. If you're Philadelphia. They probably still won the trade because Ben Simmons isn't even playing. But Harden has not lived up to the expectations, I mean, just, the hype, whatever you want to call it. 16, 8, and 5. Like, I mean, even then, like, he was doing that with score, still scoring 28 points. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, what is happening? I mean, he's two for seven for the three-point. Do you know what it is? He's not going to the free throw line as much. He's not attacking. He's not getting those cheap calls that he used to get all yeah. the time. And that was an area of emphasis for the NBA. It was like, hey, we're not giving you these calls. He was the king of uh, hooking somebody else's arm. Yeah. Like going to the rim, hooking somebody's arms, and then flailing his own arm in the air and making it look like a foul. The NBA caught on. Maybe that is the difference maker because it is just – it's not looked the same. I'm not really a James Harden fan, though, so I'm, like, okay with that. Um, I guess maybe I'm going – maybe I'm rooting for the Heat in this one. Are you? Not really a Heat fan either. They've got some Welcome guys that I like. Club. I don't like Jimmy Butler, but I do like Bam out of bio. You like P.J. Tucker. Uh, yeah, I like P.J. Tucker. Tyler Hero, I think he's good. I don't – I wouldn't know that – I wouldn't say that I like him. Victor Oladipo, kind of cool to see him back there on the yep. court. Duncan Robinson, I like him. He didn't even play the other night. I didn't know why. It could be because he's not actually good. I just like him. Just, he's just a three-point shooter. But <laughs> right. it's, like, it's crazy because you get a guy like Strauss in there and Vincent who can come in you know, and be efficient defensively on the boards and scoring as well. It's like with Duncan Robinson, it's like, yeah, you're just going to run, run around and shoot threes. And I, I don't think uh, – oh, freaking point guard Kyle Lowry, I don't think he played last night either. Um, but it's still one of those situations where you can, you know, you have all these role players and you have some names on the team that aren't very popular that you know very well, but they play together very well. And like that's the difference. It's like they're, it's a complete team. And it was the same. It was the same thing that we saw with Miami when they went to the finals a couple of years ago in the bubble. This team, but you do have a core group of guys who can ball together, and that's what they're doing again. Yeah, freaking love. Uh, and then even on the the western side, you get the Mavs and the Suns. Last night, I tried to stay up to watch this game. I failed. I couldn't do it. I was also exhausted yesterday. I don't know why. I'm just now seeing it. Seeing what? You know what? I don't know what. Jonas. Oh, my chat's not really working today. Well, mine is. Jonas is back. <laughs> well, let's say Jonas is back. Big country's going to need Jesus time today. <laughs> yeah, Jonas is back. And it was like, oh, kill you say? Because I mentioned the Celtics and Bucks killing each other in the playoffs. <laughs> I have to refresh uh, my Anywho, what were you saying? I'm sorry. I was saying you don't chase, you attract. And I think this is what yeah, has happened. What with... belongs to me will find me. Simply as that. Mm-hmm. What's up, Jonas? I'm just the... The middleman here. I'm the in-between. I think something came looking for you, found me for a little bit, and now it's like, oh, that's my guy, BC. <laughs> Whoever's running this account is doing a phenomenal job. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you should listen to the show live at 10 a.m. every weekday in the call-in app because then you get in on the inside jokes 
like this. <laughs> Whoever's running this account. But it is funny because it does make you a little nervous. Yeah, it's just a little uncomfortable that like, oh, <laughs> P- everyone's leaning into like let's scare big country. And the fact that I don't know who it is. Like even with the whole like I go by big country, and then there's like a bigger country, then there's a smaller country. I saw a couple weeks ago there was a guy named Micro Country in the chat really? as well. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't and I was see just like, what in the world? Like, uh-huh. I don't know. It's just hilarious. And a the lot community of community that we've built, just the scaring aspect, maybe we can lay off on that. But at the same time, fuck me, dude. A lot of people, including you, have accused me of doing the doing way what? the call in app is set up. If I leave the call, the show stops. So yeah, you started the show. That's even one of our other buddies is like, like that's you, right? And I was like, no, it's not me. I don't know who it is, but it can't be me. And then, like, we try to point out other listeners, like that person never left a call. Like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Somebody very clever that I, I don't know either, but I do love it. I, or maybe, maybe it's not one of our listeners. Maybe it's real, dog. Yeah, it's always a possibility. I love how we're up to like more people in the live chat as like Jonas joins more people like, oh, he's here. Let's go. He's got a following. <laughs> got to join the show. <laughs> right. And again, for maybe people that don't even know, uh, we were talking about it a couple weeks ago. My daughter used to have an imaginary friend called Jonas that she would play with. But Jonas was super weird. And she'd be like, Dad, Jonas doesn't want you to talk to him or about him. Or I'd be like, where is Jonas right now? And she'd be like, he left. He doesn't like you. And just real weird, like, one- and two-year-old activities. I never really thought much about it, but it was always creepy. And then we talked about it on the show. Uh, I, April Fool's, you had a, a scary little incident with you. And that ever since then, it's just kind of – it's crazy what comes up. Yeah. I it think is. you might have opened a door. I didn't open shit. You're the one over there playing a freaking Ouija board on your no. damn laptop. I played on your desk, though. <laughs> Yeah, you hey, did. Although you remember last, so we're in a new office. The last, the previous office we were in, you bought that fucking electronic football table in that office, and weird shit started happening. That is very true. That is like once that thing turned on and started just vibrating like crazy. It was like, uh, yeah, it's vibrating because everything's leaving it. Now that also just was the point of the game and the machine, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it was very fucking creepy. It doesn't kind explain of some of the other weird stuff that was happening. Though. It was kind of the one thing I regret buying. To be you honest. believe you believe in that stuff, though, right? What? I'm kind of on the fence, like ghosts and demons and stuff. I don't know how you guys do. You you guys are the ones that saw all the creepy shit growing up about this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like a MythBusters guy. Like I think a lot of it can be explained away with advanced science. But I'll I tell like you what, I said, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm on the fence. I'm not gonna do the investigation to figure out whether it was a myth or real. Because if I'm in the process of the investigation and realize that this isn't a myth, it's too late, my guy. Uh-huh. I'm a goner. <laughs> and I don't want to be a goner. I was sitting in the living room the other day, and it sounded like someone walked into the apartment. The person that was with me was like, what was that? And I was like, I don't know. But I'll tell you right now, I'm not about to go fucking investigate. Oh, oh, oh so somebody Whatever else com- heard it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, whatever comes around that corner is just going to have to sit here and fucking deal with the fury of what's here. And that's me. But Running. I'm not about to go fucking around the corner just like, you do 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 who's here? Or what was it? I think it was the ice in my fridge. That's what That's I just... not in the same area, though. It just it sounded like it came down the hall. Like it just right, but the, not to just hey, give away listen, the whole I don't need it. Plan. I just I said it, it was the ice, and we're good. The refrigerator is like to your right. The yeah. hallway is behind you. 
I'm aware. Okay, just but so I just, you know. I just want you to have that security so you sleep well at night to know that those two sounds came from different areas. Well, I just like to say it's the ice anyway, so I don't have to put any more thought into it. Right. Yeah. I also right. like to think someone might have just opened the door and been like, ooh, wrong apartment. I'm going to leave. You don't leave it locked? Well, sometimes, no. Bro. Tell me about it. Pretty scary. You live at an apartment complex and you don't lock your door all the time? Dog, come on in. Open door policy. Let's hang out. You want some pizza rolls? Four minutes. Air fryer, 390. Whatever. Have you ever heard the story like with vampires, like they have to be invited in? Hmm? Like with vampires. Like they can't come into your house unless they're invited in. Never heard that. That's a thing. I have heard the story about with like ghosts and demons. If they say your name and you react to it, you are giving them permission to respond to you. So I do remember as, – this is why this shit freaks me out so much is because when I was a kid, I used to hear my name being called and said, but my parents weren't the ones responding to it. Because our, policy, like, our rule as a kid was like if you hear your name, come <laughs> to us. Don't say what. If you say what, I'm going to knock that head right off your shoulder, son. That's what I was told <laughs> as a kid. I wanted to keep my head upon these shoulders. So I would hear my name and be like, okay, what's up, mom? And she'd be like, I'm reading my book. I didn't say your name. What do you want? I'd be like, uh, I don't know. I'm going to go back to playing video games. Excuse me. And so now that I am plus, you know, 16 years down the road, I'm still creeped out <laughs> by this shit. Right? Huh. Well, I think that maybe, maybe you just – you acknowledged it and you're like open door policy. You want some pizza rolls? Come on in. That maybe was my life. <laughs> that, was, that was maybe not your your smartest statement ever made. Probably not your dumbest one either. <laughs> you see, it says tell Maddie I said hi when you're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not a matter of myth. It's a matter of when. <laughs> That's a good one from our guy Sean. Uh, um, he hit me with the <laughs> – there's a new whiskey – Called a riff, and he hit me with it last night. He goes, it's not a matter of riff, it's a matter of win. <laughs> and I was like, you dog. <laughs> uh, speaking of Club 6 and 9, you should hop in there uh, for that great happy hour from 2 to 8 every weekday, and then 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. on Saturdays with their two-for-one drink specials and $2 draft pours at one of my favorite establishments in all of the world. That's Club 6 and 9 right here in the heart of downtown Joplin, Missouri. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lube. Be sure to visit them at downtownlube.com for the full list of services. They are located right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So like I said, visit their website at downtownlube.com for that full list of services. Also, it's not a matter of if, it is a matter of when you're going to need your oil changed or your tires serviced. Get that done and taken care of right here in Joplin, Missouri at Downtown Lube. All right, let's get into some of these Tell the Truth Tuesdays. Uh, first up, a listener submitted Tell the Truth Tuesday. Uh, my draft drinking game was to do a shot of Pink Whitney every time a player from the four college football playoff teams got drafted. What? Let's stop there and analyze that for a second. Georgia had like 15 players drafted. <laughs> Is this person still alive? <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they sent the DM, so I, I think so. That was a, that was a bold choice that one was not recommended by the mic'd up crew I, I think they probably sent this one in yesterday because it took all day sunday to recover from this one so a shot every time one of the four college football playoff teams uh got drafted figured it was the perfect mix of a hot start and a stable second half uh got so drunk i confused the ravens and the 
for the Eagles. And top Philly drafted Linderbaum. My defense, both are birds with cool uniforms, and they were involved with trading receivers named Brown. <laughs> I can definitely see where that would get confusing for you. Also, like that's just that's a bold take to do a drinking game with shots. Yeah, and knowing how many prospects Georgia, Alabama, they broke the record for most players <laughs> drafted in a freaking draft mm-hmm. from Who one other Michigan. Michigan had at least two, three guys drafted, at least three that I can think of. And then yeah. since God, Cincinnati too had all kinds of guys drafted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> he Alabama. had to do like 25 shots <laughs> over the course of three days. That's a lot. Maybe, you know, maybe it was the perfect blend of, like you said, a hot start and then just kind of stabilizing throughout the rest of the weekend. Yeah. Bold choice. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I have a tell the truth Tuesday and I've sat on this one for a while. Um, take you back to the stick to football days about four years ago or so. Uh, We used to do a lot of player interviews and just tell the truth Tuesday. One of the reasons why we don't do them on mic'd up is because a lot of them seemed really cool. And we would get guys like Foster Moreau is one that I still think about. And like, he is such a good interview. He was so ahead of his time, so mature. That's a guy that I'm going to be rooting for in the NFL. What a lot of people didn't see is the fact that me, Matt, Connor would have to sit around on like a Tuesday, Thursday night or something like this. It was convenient for that player. We would talk with them for 30 minutes, hang up the phone and be like, that was absolutely awful. That was a terrible experience. We've wasted 45 minutes to an hour of our life and we can't even air the interview. One of the worst interviews we ever did just got traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> and I'm talking like I it takes a lot to get me pretty riled up. I usually don't lose my temper. I think I have like once in the last six years, probably. Mm-hmm. This was one of those situations where I'm like, I can't believe we spent an hour of our nights talking to this person and it was so bad. And when I say it was so bad, we were doing the interview and um you could hear the T V on in the background and you could hear it so well, not just like, Hey Lonnie, I think you might have the TV on in the background. It's like, you could tell that he was watching like fucking law and order or something. <laughs> I remember talking to the guys and be like, he was, yeah, yeah, he was definitely watching this show. I don't remember which one it was, but it was so clear. You could tell what he was watching. And it was like, eh, if we could just get you to like, turn it down a little bit, like that'd be great. You can kind of, we're picking it up. So he turned it down, but like you could still hear, you could still hear the TV in the background. Uh, a lot of the answers would be like, "Hey, talk to us about whatever," and it'd be like a one-word answer. I mean, just absolute terrible interview. And to icing on the cake for it, um, you could hear people coming in and out of the room. It sounded like he was sitting in like the front room, the living room of a house, and he kept having people come in and out of the house through a screen door. That was just slamming shut. Like I would jump like, oh shit, there's the door again. And again, it was so loud and clear. I, you could tell what was happening. It was like I was sitting in the room with him. And then to end the interview, like about halfway through or so, he started eating a bag of chips while talking to us on the phone. You could hear the bag of chips ruffling as he put his hands in it. And then the chomping as he chewed it. That's the most frustrated I've ever been during an interview. 
He started so eating during the interview. Eating during the interview. Chips. Not even like, oh, here's something quiet. Or like, oh, I have a cough drop in my mouth. Yeah. Potato chips. Out of a bag. Just the Lay's where it's just mm-hmm. a bag full of air anyways yeah. and it's super so loud. Maybe I seem not as excited about this trade as a lot of the <laughs> other Chiefs players. And that's probably why. I kind of wish someone would ask him about this or interview him and just be like, oof. That's the thing with some of these draft prospects. They do so many hits throughout the draft process. And even, you know, we've had a couple people reach out this spring and be like, hey, this player wants to do an interview. And it's like, ah, I'm not really interested. I'm still kind of jaded on the whole (laughs) prospect interview things, which sucks because there have been some really good ones over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I can even remember talking to a couple guys that would play along with like the – what combine event do you think you could perform better than me at? And they'd be like, all yeah. of them. <laughs> but there are just some of them that have been so bad that we didn't even get to to air. And last night it reminded me, like, he was one. He was, yeah. He's the all-timer. That's <laughs> that's my number one. That's that's my first Tell the Truth, tell the truth Tuesday. My first one is not going to be as dramatic as that. Uh, but Saturday Night Live, freaking love some of the skits that they do. I catch myself just kind of randomly watching some of the skits over the weekends that I thought were good. I just I usually don't watch it live. I just kind of go back and see it. But their weekend update that they do, those skits that do they do the with, two, um, with Michael Joe's. Shea yeah. and uh, Michael Joe's are freaking hilarious, especially mm-hmm. when they write their own jokes and they switch it up. I think those are fantastic. I caught myself on Saturday afternoon. Literally watching about maybe an hour of just those random skits that were out and about. Oh, it's and so then like funny. subscribing to Saturday Night Live weekend update skits just so I can see it on my social media pages on TikTok the week. Uh, yes, <laughs> it was just like I was just going through a freaking rabbit hole of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, it is one o'clock. I have not eaten lunch yet. I am hungover. <laughs> I need to go. When they do, when they write jokes for each other, it is great, and mm-hmm. it's usually uh, race jokes. I find those hysterical, though. Because it, Michael Shea writes them, and mm-hmm. then Colin has to read it, and it's just like yeah. you can tell as he finished reading because he's just reading a teleprompter. It's like, okay, I just holy shit, I just said that. I just read uh-huh. that out loud. I feel bad I, for the people that probably aren't in on the joke and think that like the Michael's white comedian is just shit. like, oh, my <laughs> yeah. God, I can't believe he just said that. But it is absolutely And the way hilarious. that they're able to just keep a straight face or like – when Colin reads it and Michael's like, wow, I can't believe you just said that. That is so rude of you. And then he goes into his joke and he's just like, what the fuck, dude? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's fantastic. Just loved it. I had to share it. In case I don't watch Saturday laugh, Night Live, but I, watch them. It does, um, I see it on my TikTok sometimes or other. Like It'll show up on like Twitter, Facebook maybe. I don't really use Facebook, but uh, it does show up. And it is, it's hilarious. But I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in so long. It's kind of crazy what social media has kind of killed. Like I, I can get the funny stuff on Twitter the next day. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need to. I think the last up. time I watched it all the way through was when Dave Chappelle was a host. And uh-huh. I was just like, you know what? This is actually kind of boring. Yeah, it's kind of underwhelming. There's a lot of commercials here. It was Dave Chappelle and Foo Fighters, and everybody was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I think it might have been the first one back since after COVID. Yeah, like the full with the live audience, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. And I watched it, too, and I'm like, ah, it's not very good. <laughs> I remember watching it as a kid a couple of times, and you hear like, "Ooh, Saturday Night Live" or like "Live from Here," da da da. And it's like, this doesn't seem live at all. You can tell it's pre-recorded. Like they've had to edit some of the stuff out. It was about maybe six years ago where I realized, like, holy cow, no, they are, 
they are actually live on how they do this. I think I learned it in college because it was how do you was like through a communications class and like how do you handle like humor in a setting while trying to remain calm and do your job through the adversity. Like people on Sunday Night Live, the cast members actually do a phenomenal job of that at times. Mm-hmm. Unless yeah. you're Jimmy Fallon, and it's like you just laugh your way through a show. I hated him night on show. Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Love his late night show now. Yep. And it's fantastic. Hated him on Saturday Night Live. It felt like he laughed in every skit, which yep. some people loved. And I get it. I, I really like him now. I didn't at the time. Uh, another Tell the Truth Tuesday for you. This one uh, about my daughters. I have two daughters. They're seven and they're nine, and they want to do cheerleading. They've both done it before. So in 2020, my youngest daughter did cheerleading. My oldest daughter did not. 2021, my oldest daughter did cheerleading. My youngest daughter did not. Now, 2022, they both want to do cheerleading. We've already had discussions. They know cheerleading is not a sport. It's fun for them. They like to do it. It's whatever. It's fucking stupid how expensive this is. I don't know if you've seen me add it up in the rundown or not. Do you just take a guess what it would take? Registration for cheer youth cheerleading. In our area. Like just to be a cheerleader? Uh-huh. Like to sign up and play? Because you got to yeah. sign up to play the sport, so that's probably like 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. And then there's some other like uniform and stuff like that. So I'd say another extra 100 total. It's like 125. Mm-hmm. You're really close. Um, if you add it all up, the registration fee, the uniforms, the backpacks, everything that my children will need to be a cheerleader. Like if they, if they get everything... That is suggested. It's $425. Holy shit, I didn't scroll down far enough. Let me add on to this. It's per child. $425 for them to be a cheerleader. To spell victory and say go cars. (laughs) So this morning when you got to the office, there was a reason. Like I had shown up and I had left. It's because I like saw the invoice of this is what it's going to take for them to play. I'm so fucking pissed off about this. $425. You left. You were so mad. I had to leave. It's like I'm going – I was going to try to not have any caffeine today. I'm like, <laughs> fuck that. I need caffeine. And I need a Casey's Donut. I got to get out of this fucking office for a little bit. $425 per child. Oh. Now, this is <laughs> – a $150 registration or sorry, $50 registration fee. Again, times all this by 2 because I've got two of these little fuckers running around. Uh, $5 for a bow. $15 for the little briefs, the little shorty shorts that they wear under their uniform. $20 for a backup or a backpack, sorry, I can't read. $100 for warm-ups. What the fuck are you warming up for? You're warming up for somebody else to play a sport. You just have to yell. The warm is it like the jumpsuit thing? Yeah. That's a hundred dollars? Each. They're seven and nine. These are youth sizes. Each. Fifty dollars for shoes. That you only wear to cheer. Fifty dollars. And here's the real getter, the one that really just pisses me off. $185 for a cheer uniform. It is a fucking crop top and a skirt. How's it costing so much? I don't get it. Also, why do you not just have that as like a rec department? You just hand out. You should have that per size. Bingo. That's what I said. I said maybe they should just fucking play football. You know what the <laughs> registration fee on that one is? $75. 
to that, play football? Yeah, but that includes rental of a helmet, shoulder pads, jersey. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. This now, shit again, costs, I remember my parents being like, $35 to play football in Liberty. Right. And I'm just like, now $75? Uh-huh. Yeah, what they don't now, know is that they're both getting jobs now. to pay for this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but I have two wonderful kids, so even if I was like, hey, cheerleading is really expensive, you're going to have to start doing some chores around the house, or me being the smart-ass I am, I'd be like, your little asses are getting a job. You're going to have to go apply. By the end of the day, they'd be like, Dad, I've applied at three places. I have an interview tomorrow. They're <laughs> wonderful. So am I going to pay for this stuff? Yeah. Am I going to be happy about it? Absolutely fucking not. It's $1,000 for your daughters to just freaking cheer. For a season. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, thankfully... Oh, this like, ain't even for like... No. End of, I guess you don't need it for really basketball. No. That's another fee. When people tell you, like, man, having kids is expensive, I ain't fucking lying. And they're not talking about babies. Babies are expensive, too. You can get some people to help you out on that one. You know, there's some programs out there that will be like, hey, here's some baby food. Congratulations on the sex. Nobody's doing that for youth cheerleading. They're not like, it's great that you did this. Now let's help support this. But the fact that it costs $425, thankfully my kids are in a situation where they can do that, and it's aggravating. But it's, I'm going to split it with their mom. It's not like the end of the world. What other people out there? There's so many families that can't even consider this. Yeah. And that's what really pisses me off. Like I was, I was fuming this morning. Thanks to Casey's. Not a sponsor of the show. Got a chalky milk, a donut, <laughs> and a Dr. Pepper for later. And I really calmed down about it. But that is just fucking outrageous. To even charge $185 for a fucking cheerleading uniform, that's stupid. That's stupid. There's so many just underprivileged families that like, oh, they have a great daughter who's smart and athletic, wants to be a cheerleader. Not even a possibility. Can't even come close to that. Yeah. And that, it really, it pissed me off. That is really stupid. What, What are the briefs? The little, like, undergarments, the little shorty shorts. That's not just part of the uniform price? Right. No. No. And a backpack. Just use your school backpack. <laughs> yeah. The backpack was one. Like, obviously, do you have to buy the bow for $5? No, you don't have to. Uh, do you have to buy the little briefs? You probably should. The $100 <laughs> warm-ups, I've already said absolutely not. That's not happening. And if they want the warm-ups, guess what? They are going to pay for them themselves. Looks like they're mowing the yards. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. The other day we saw my neighbor mowing the yard, and I was like, look at that little kid pushing that lawnmower. You two have never even come close to the lawnmower. And, again, I have great kids. They're like, I'll do it. Like, put it, like make it my chores. I'll, yeah. I'll do it. I'm like, no, I like doing it. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> you will never sit on a lawnmower because I like to do it. Yeah, <laughs> mind your biz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but four hundred twenty-five dollars. If you're a a new enrollee to cheer this year, mm-hmm. if you got everything they suggested, be four hundred and twenty-five dollars. I was floored by that. That is, that's stupid. Yeah, I, I would. I feel like I would have the exact same reaction as mm-hmm. a parent. Basketball was fifty dollars. You get a basketball and a jersey. Mm-hmm. They had peeked behind the curtain. I went and bought uh, my daughter like nice basketball shoes. <laughs> I, I let her pick out some, and she was like, oh, I like these. And I'm like, those aren't good enough. Those are rookie numbers. Bump that up. I'm getting you nice <laughs> shoes. And so she picked out some like KDs, 
because they were the same team color mm-hmm. and they were like $85. And I can remember um, my ex being like $85 for basketball shoes. And I'm like, you know what? Fucking don't. I don't even care. Don't even split it with me. It's $85. Yeah. Cheer for 425 <laughs> Yeah. I get sent Oh, they really want to do this. They're going to love it. Like, yeah, yeah. They fucking you're better. Gonna love it. They're going to have a giant smile on their face the entire time. <laughs> like last year, it was like, yeah, it's whatever. It costs a lot of money. But now that it's doubled, <laughs> they're going to be the best little fucking cheerleaders you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be out there with a smug look on their face, and you're going to put out the hand side of 500 mm-hmm. fucking smile. Yeah, <laughs> smile. Get your ass on the top of that pyramid. <laughs> jump off. Do whatever. I want to see some round-offs. I'm going to turn into that sports dad. Not with, like, basketball where I'm forcing them to, like, make a thousand shots in the driveway. They're going to be, like, doing tumbling stuff in the driveway. <laughs> I mean, just yelling at him, just livid the whole time. Your flip needs to be tighter. <laughs> I said, tuck your elbow. I don't even know, like, I don't even know I what you're doing. I think that's right. I, I couldn't imagine doing a flip. It's impressive, let alone a fucking <laughs> cartwheel. But my next tell the truth, my last one here is when I was younger, my parents always have, you know, these little sayings that they do and that they yell when they're frustrated. And with my parents, it used to be like, come on, Grandpa, let's go. Like, you're driving really slow. And I remember being as a kid and hearing that and be like, oh, my God, Grandpa's in front of us. He also got a new car because that's a piece of shit. And last time I saw him, he had a nice little white truck. Didn't know that was Grandpa. And so I'd be like, hey, can we go see Grandpa? And my mom's like, what are you talking about? That's not your Grandpa. Uh, He's just driving really slow. Like and a I'm Grandpa. Just, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, ah. And, like, I'm, like, six or seven. So, like. Some of these things uh-huh. that you hadn't really heard before, I'm still kind of... I really thought you were going to say I was like 16 or 17. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just graduated college, driving through Springfield. And uh, the news... like So here and I was like, oh, like that's cool. But the, one of the first times that that had ever happened to me where I realized that you know, you would use a saying that didn't necessarily mean what it was. There also used to be a dump in Liberal where you would just take your garbage... Oh, it's still there, homeboy. Oh, it definitely is. <laughs> but I remember like there would be times where we'd have all this trash piled up you know, stepdad did concrete construction at the time, so there'd be some forms mm-hmm. you need to go throw away. Like, hey, go into the dump, dump, like, to throw all this stuff away. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, there was one time where we're all just sitting in the living room. He's like, oh, I got to go to, like, get take a dump. And so I'm like, as a kid, like, oh, hell yeah, we're going to throw some. So I go get fully dressed. Like, <laughs> this is going to fall into the joke here. It's like Saturday morning. I'm sitting in the living room watching cartoons oh. eating my cereal. As a family is what we're all doing. Oh, and as a family. Just, hey, easy, tiny, <laughs> easy. And uh, it was like, all right, cool, let's go. So I get up and get dressed or whatnot, and then like 20 minutes goes by, and I'm just like, hey, are we going to the dump or not? And I was like, oh, no, like I had to, I had to go poop. <laughs> like I didn't, didn't actually I need to had go to use get, the bathroom. Didn't need to run any errands. And I was like, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> but it was this weekend. I was driving through town. And I was like, come on, Grandma, let's freaking get. Like the light turned green. It was taking forever, and it just made me remember those stories as a kid. And I was like, that's freaking hilarious. So. <laughs> Figured I'd share with you guys as a Tell the Truth Tuesday. The first time I ever heard, get to take a dump. I thought I was actually going to the dump to throw shit away. Uh-huh. Nope. And the population of our hometown is 742. Yeah. That's it. No stoplights. Some people no. are like, oh, how many stoplights do you have in your town? None. Zero stoplights. We have a blinking yellow light at an intersection 10 miles out of town. I was going to say, we, no, we don't. <laughs> yeah, 10 miles out of town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The nearest town probably has like four stoplights. That's where you have to go grocery shopping. Yeah. Until we got to Dollar General. You better look out. <laughs> have you been in it yet? I still haven't. That's the biggest moment 
in liberal Missouri's history. Dude, it is nice. It is a nice Dollar General. So my daughters will do like, I have great parents, so they'll do sleepovers because they love their grandparents. And they like came home telling me about it one time. Like, Dad, the Dollar General and liberal is so nice. Like, you have to go. You have to check it out. It's a Dollar General. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but it was, it was, it was so exciting uh, for them. Uh, but I think that's it for us today. We thank you guys for putting up with us, listening to our Tell the Truth Tuesdays. Again, every Tuesday, don't be afraid to just slide in those DMs. Uh, I saw, I think it was Brooks adding it up in the chat to where that's like 36 shots <laughs> that that listener did. And they DM me during the show. Like, they are good. They're fine. It was a rough recovery. Okay. They're good. But they are still with us, unlike Jonas, who is, is, is not, is slash is not with us. He's with you for sure, but he's not alive. That's one thing that I know to be true. Mm-hmm. But we do thank you guys. Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow on Wednesday again, uh, every Tuesday. Don't be afraid to drop those Tell the Truth Tuesdays. Tomorrow will be Would You Rather Wednesday, and we're always open to fan suggestions. Makes my job easier, actually. So drop them in there in the DMs or tweet them at us if you like. But again, thank you guys for joining us. We really do. Uh, we appreciate it, especially those involved in the chat and those listening on Apple and Spotify as well. But best place to get the show, 10 a.m. every weekday right here in the call app. And we'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 a.m. on Wednesday.